0: Hi, let's join Fred Kuhn now for another in-depth interview.
1: Hi, everybody. We have a great guest today and a very interesting subject. Our subject is the importance of mentorship. We've all had mentors in our lives. It's really important for that hands-on, get-the-feedback-honest experience. Our guest today is Colonel Ted Studdard. Really a great background. Uh, Ted is, uh, I don't know where to begin. He's proven himself as a leader, 30 years of military corporate experience. He directed combat operations for 20,000 person multinational force. Ted had a problem. He had suffered a heart attack and faced new challenges in his life. And he went to the Home Depot and allied with his values and now Ted is in business operations and a perspective on optimizing human capital in corporate America to increase retention and I'm telling you that's one of the biggest problems we have right now. So Colonel Ted stuttered thank you very much for joining.
0: Well thanks so much Fred it's absolutely wonderful to be with you. Thank you Ted.
1: You look much younger in your picture. I mean you really look like a young guy in your picture. I or maybe it's my perspective
0: from having a
1: gray beard. I don't
0: know. <laughs> Keep that coming, and I feel like a young guy.
1: So do I. Well, let's get right into the meat of the matter. I think we all know what mentors are for, but let's talk about you personally. How did mentoring shape your career and and, and your course, both in the military and corporate America?
0: Well, you know, let me start with my Marine Corps career, Good. and I would tell you that I think that My initial mentors found me. I wasn't savvy enough to really go out and seek a mentor. And I think most of us are that way when we start out in in life or we start out in business or whatever field that you're into. But my initial mentor is still a mentor of mine, M.A. Singleton. He was my first battery commander. And what I found is he gave me great mentorship, great leadership, and really helped me find my initial way in the Marine Corps. And what I found is I went further and further through the Marine Corps. Every time you changed duty stations or changed jobs, you had mentors, but you also got new mentors as you went along. And most often, these mentors were somewhere in your chain of command, somebody that was looking out for you and your best interests. In and quite frankly, the best interest of the organization, because certainly the better that I was, it would make the organization better.
1: Can I can I interrupt here a, a minute? I'm really curious in following this thread. Okay, so you have a mentor that was this officer that you mentioned. How did he mentor but, you? What was he looking for? What how did he correct you? What guidance did he give you? Well,
0: you know, <laughs> I could tell you a story here. So it was our first time in the field as an official United States Marine Corps lieutenant and we left the day after New Year's and we had been in the field for gosh nearly a month and it had rained it was just miserable weather and we had this special ammunition and there are only a few places literally in the world that you could shoot this ammunition and where we were training was one of those places and we had this ammunition and we had carried it around literally for three, nearly four weeks. And we just never had the opportunity to shoot or to shoot this particular ammunition for a whole variety of reasons. And finally, as we're ending, you know, this month long training, the weather broke and we just we were in the perfect location, perfect weather conditions to shoot this ammunition. And I took it upon myself uh, to shoot it with my platoon. And the, the Marines did a fantastic job. And the battery commander, Captain M.A. Singleton, who I was just uh, telling you about, had gone to get our next set of orders. He was at our higher level command in the field and getting our operational order for our next move. And he was out of position when I shot this ammunition. Well, he comes back. And as he comes back, I meet him as he, as he pulls in with his Humvee. And I... I was as happy as I could be. And I said, sir, we shot that ammunition. You'd be so proud of the Marines. They did a phenomenal job. And he looked at me and I noticed right off the bat, he did not seem to be quite as happy or as excited. as I was. <laughs> Don't you hate that look, Ted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Call in the nearest
1: <laughs> hole, sir. And let me pull my helmet over me.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know, so I thought, well, maybe he just didn't hear me. So I, explained to him again what we had just done, just for emphasis. didn't make things any better, as you can imagine. And he said, Ted, are you sure you shot that ammunition? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, we did. And he said, a great job. Can I tell you about it one more time? And he looked at me dead serious and he said, do you know where everybody is in the training area? And there were about 3,000 Marines scattered throughout this, this huge area in Hawaii where we were training. Mm-hmm. And he started counting off units. And as he said, do you know where unit A, unit B, unit C is? I said, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, until he got to the mortars. And as soon as he said, do you know where the mortars are? I uh, said, no, sir. (laughs) And um, so to put this in a big bit of context, this ammunition that we were firing is only cleared to shoot over the heads of friendly forces under the most extreme circumstances in combat. And just because you're in combat doesn't mean you can shoot this over friendly forces. It really has to be a dire situation. So you can imagine I shot this over the heads of our mortars, which were about a thousand uh, meters in front of us. And they Mm -hmm. were just tucked in the terrain. And and obviously, I didn't know where they were. Uh, Totally, totally my fault. And of course, he could have relieved me right there on the spot, but he didn't. He took me behind the big lava rock, and I thought, well, he's about to fire me right now, and at least he had the decency to do it, not in front of the other 200. Any good officer
1: will correct his men face-to-face and without others around. Any leader does that.
0: Absolutely. And so he takes me behind this, this big lava rock, and he said, Ted, you really understand what you did? And I said, yes, sir. And he went down and he asked me some questions. It it seemed like it took an eternity, but maybe a minute, maybe. (laughs) And and at the end of this, and I explained to him, I I knew what I was doing and he knew what I was doing. I just made a a tremendous mistake. And I thought, why is he drawing this out? He just needs to go ahead and relieve me and, and move on. And my short career in the Marine Corps will quickly end. But he didn't. He looked at me. And he said, listen, Ted, I believe in you and I trust you. Go out there and train your Marines and don't make that mistake again. And you can imagine how that made me
1: feel. Oh, yeah.
0: The bigger impact is we were in combat together less than a year later. And all those Marines knew what had happened. And they knew that Captain Singleton had their back. They knew as long as we didn't do anything immoral, unethical, or illegal that the boss was going to back us, you know, and he was, he was in our corner and would fight for us. And of course, I felt that, you know, multiplied 10 times over. Oh yeah. But you know, you take a position like that. He stuck his neck out for me and he also showed me what a leader does, how a leader reacts when things go bad. And so that's, that was my first mentor. So it was
1: no, and It was a, a course
0: defining, moment in your career. Could have
1: gone either way.
0: Oh, it was huge. And, you know, Fred, if you think back, if he had flown off the handle and, and really had not been a mentor, but just, you know, yell, scream, berated, whatever, even if I didn't lose my job, we would not have had a good relationship. That's and part right. of mentorship is having a relationship where you can be open and honest. And, you know, when you when you're in combat and under duress, you don't have time to bicker or question anything you've got to have total trust for right. the team to work at full capacity. Yeah, there's lives at
1: stake. You can't make that. You can't, can't let ego get involved. You got to do the do the mission.
0: No. Okay. No, and you know although the stakes are different in business, it's still important and the Isn't same whole truth whether you're in combat or, or whether you're in the boardroom.
1: Now, when you moved into corporate America out of the Marine Corps, Did you have a mentor in corporate America and a real short little story would do well to contrast and compare?
0: You know, I did actually got a a mentor through American Corporate Partners Mm -hmm. and that mentor really helped me make the transition. And not only that, he was a mentor, you know, to American Corporate Partners, but he also worked at Home Depot. And it just happened that I ended up in Home Depot, and, and there's no you know, direct correlation there, just how circumstances worked out. But it was nice joining a new organization and learning a new culture and, and really learning a new business and having somebody that you knew was in your corner that could help guide you through some of those landmines that you don't even know because it is a new culture, a new business, et cetera. Right.
1: The leadership capital you built in the Marine Corps as a colonel, some of that is transferable immediately. But like you said, there in the private sector, there are just so many different rules, barriers, minefields that you have to go through, you have no orientation for. So a mentor is really critical in getting getting you through that, isn't it?
0: You know, it it really is. And I think as you well know, sometimes you just need somebody outside of your organization to talk to and, and to tell you when you're right, but also to tell you when you're wrong. And oftentimes a mentor, if you don't have a mentor outside your direct chain, you don't have somebody that can set you straight or, or maybe right. give you a little insider or, or share a blind spot that you might have with you.
1: You know, you, you've you got a new book coming up and I, 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 don't, I want to be solicitous of your time and my listeners as well you have a new book called Depot to Depot coming out or has it already come out?
0: Well, it just came out. Just came
1: out. Right. All right. Just came out. Why don't you tell me a little about what it is, who your target audience is and where people can find it.
0: Okay. Well, Depot to Depot is a book about transition, transformation and leadership. And it's really focused on three audiences. The first audience is corporate America. And to help corporate America better understand this huge talent pool called veterans. You bet. And better better understand not just what's on a resume, but to help to help corporate America understand some of these intangibles that veterans bring into the business, whether it's strategic communication, whether it's working through organizational agility or training and personnel development. Your veterans bring this in spades, especially the more experienced veterans. So that's the first audience. The second audience is our veteran population so that they understand this, not only the transition, but the transformation they have to make going into something totally different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all went through a transformation from civilian to, in my case, Marine or soldier, sailor, or airman. Mm -hmm. And we did that as a group, but coming out. You typically do that individually, right? And this is that those veterans who are doing this on an individual basis better understand what that is like. And the third audience is the leadership community for people who are new in a leadership position or who ads- aspire to a higher leadership position. Just some simple basic truths told through a series of stories about leaders and what leaders do to help people, and ultimately help make their teams better.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I think one of the, the big rules is the golden rule. You treat others like you'd oh. like to be treated. And if you apply that to all of the leadership principles of management, it, it still is, is a thread that works through all of that.
0: So. You know, you're so right, Fred. If you treat others the way you want to be treated or the way you want your son or daughter or spouse yeah. treated, That's you right. can never go wrong. There, there may be other ways to solve problems. But you will never, ever go wrong if you treat people that way.
1: Folks, we have spent a wonderful 15 minutes with Colonel Ted Studdard, a decorated Marine and a business mentor himself and the author of the book Depot to Depot. Ted, where can they find your book?
0: You can go to tedstuddard.com, and I have a link on my website, or you can simply go to Amazon and type in Ted Stuttered depot to depot. Either one works.
1: Well, I'm sure it would be worthwhile reading for lots and lots of folks. So everybody, thank you very much for joining again today on The U.S. at Work. Ted, I hope I can have you as a guest again at some future point.
0: Fred, thank you, and I would love to uh, be a guest again. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. If you wish to speak with Fred or you want a transcript of this interview, send an email to podcast at stuartcooperkoon.com. See you soon.